Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb And welcome to Groundhog Minute, the podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day, one repetitive minute at a time. I'm your host, Dave. And I'm your other host, Sean. And joining us today, we have uh, special guests from the Princess Bride Minute and the upcoming UHF 62nd, Jonathan and Tabitha. Welcome. Hi. Hey, thanks for having us. Uh, Thank you. Welcome to the show. And today, we are here to talk about Minute 17. All right. Give me those summaries. All right, I'll lay it on you. So in minute 17, we uh, we start with Phil assuring the operator he is a celebrity and he needs to get through but has uh, no luck there. And we have a little um, slapstick moment with a, a shovel to the head. Back in town, he uh, he's at the hotel bar trying to get drunk. Rita asks him if he's going to the Groundhog Dinner. Phil says he'd rather go home and take a shower and read. Hustler. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, Phil tries to relax with a shower back at the B&B. So this is a, we, we kind of pick up where we left off on Friday with Phil just trying to get word out of this town. You know, even if he can't physically move, can he at least get his voice and, and nothing's happening. And we continue with what, what I'm sure Phil at this point would say is one of the worst days of his life. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to sound too much like a millennial, but it, honestly, I do not remember what constitutes a long distance line at this at this point in the early nineties. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. This sounds. This is doesn't even seem like a nineties thing. This is like, like a fifties thing. I would think. In my experience, I'm not a millennial. I'm a little, just a little older than that. But in my experience, I know you have a storm. The phone lines go down, but usually that means. Like you pick up the phone and there's silence. There's no dial tone. There's no nothing. Exactly. I would think if he can get out to an operator, why can't that person yeah. get out? Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I don't I don't follow the the technical reasoning here. Maybe this is some of the the supernatural side of what's happening. Um, now, but although at this point, I think we should note, or I'm going to note that they're not back in Punxsutawney. They're still somewhere out on the road. Mm-hmm. We know this because it does not snow in Punxsutawney. And we can see outside. We have the end of last minute, someone going past the window with a shovel and all that. We can see the snow outside. So they're still outside of that bubble of Punxsutawney, but they're they're being affected by the blizzard. But yeah, so I don't, I don't, we, maybe we can get like someone from AT&T on <laughs> to explain what's happening with the phone lines here. <laughs> yeah, that does seem a little old fashioned to, uh, I, even in, in the early 90s, I don't necessarily remember messing around with operators too much. The only thing I can think of is when you would you were looking up somebody's phone number, you could call information. And mm-hmm. I think that's the only time I ever talked to an operator. And I don't even know if, if – can you even talk to an operator anymore if you call? Ooh. If you even have a landline. I don't know. We don't even yeah. – we just have cell phones. We don't have a landline anymore. So I don't even know if you can still talk to the operator. Yeah. That yeah, I'm not yeah, I I would if I had to guess I would say yes, but I know for example bef- before even before everyone had a smartphone and you could look up anything on the web on your phone at, at a moment's notice, the last couple times I had to call information 
even that didn't involve a person. There was like a recording saying what listing and you say what you're looking for. Mm. And then just a robot voice comes back and says the number. Now, I don't know if there was, this is a while ago, even at this point, because again, these days you would just look it up on your, on your smartphone. There may have been like a manual operation behind the scenes where someone was manually, you know, an actual person was looking up the number. But in terms of who, who I spoke with, I didn't interact with a person. And that was probably the 2000s. So it was was after this movie. And I don't know, maybe like this is Pennsylvania. Maybe it takes time for for technology to make <laughs> its way into Pennsylvania. Maybe they're still at the point where they're like turning a crank and then, um, you know, plug in Lily Tomlin at the switchboards, picking up and, yeah. and moving wires around to make connections. I, I don't know. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> So is the shovel the, uh, the the shovel that has a uh, cosmic karma for demanding to uh, be <laughs> treated like a celebrity emergency? I love it. I love that he just gets his comeuppance. I guess in that moment, just everything that happens to him like that, it just makes me laugh, and I like it. <laughs> now the guy with the shovel, like he he hits him in the head because he gets distracted by a lady, right? Yeah, I don't think it was Rita. I think it was just a, a person. I wasn't sure. Oh, well, yeah. I hadn't noticed that before. He kind of turns to see the lady walking past. And then it's, um, it, yeah, it doesn't appear to be, like, Phil's not hurt physically, but maybe, like, spiritually. It's just, <laughs> can you know, one more thing that's happening that's knocking him down a peg. Okay, you, you think you're a celebrity in an emergency, <laughs> and the universe doesn't care. You're not the celebrity of the universe. So it's going to it's going to snow on you, it's going to hit you in the head with a shovel. It's going to it's going to snow in space and the satellites are going to be down. <laughs> I I think it's I know it's all movie magic, but I love the sound of it hitting his head and just the fact that you know, as the viewer we're supposed to believe that all of this is happening in in universe, you know, and that it's not some mm-hmm. somebody after the fact putting that noise in. So I just love the the humor aspect that the guy hitting him with the shovel the lady that he's distracted by, like nobody's reacting to that large plonk, you know, except for Phil himself. <laughs> like nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody just moving along. Almost as if Phil isn't even there. Yeah. Well, that, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of it before, but that really fits into kind of fits into other things I have been thinking about and, and things I've said in terms of kind of the lesson and the meaning of this, this movie and the, the nihilist, interpretation that not that nothing matters, but that nothing that truth comes from self, that the things there is no, you're not necessarily, or I don't think you can necessarily look for external guidance or a supernatural force that's going to lead the way and kind of tell you right and wrong and, and truth that you need to look within yourself and, this is this message is starting to get conveyed to Phil that the universe doesn't care really about you. You know, this world doesn't care about you. It doesn't revolve around you. You need to find solace. You need to find you need to communicate with yourself. You need to get that satellite, that long distance line to Phil going and communicate on that line before you worry about the rest of the world. And I think, yeah, that, that just that, yeah, that little clip of, of, of him being ignored by the woman, by the guy with the shovel kind of fits into that. Say, you know, Phil, Phil, take care of Phil. 
Phil do Phil. Let the shovel guy take care of the shovel guy. <laughs> it's deep. Deep, John. That's what I do. Well. <laughs> All right. Well. I, so moving on to the, the Pennsylvanians. Pennsylvania Hotel. Yes. Now, what's up with this, the picture behind Phil? It's like a wedding picture. It's like a guy, he's got a suit. The woman has a, a dress. I can't, it's a black and white picture, so I, I can't really tell if it's a white dress, but it looks like she's holding a flower, kind of like a bridal bouquet. I would I would assume, they, like, this is one of those, yeah, like, little towns where they have, like, these are pictures of historical things that happened around the town. Uh, mm-hmm. So I assume this is, like, some, and- yeah, some, yeah, some, like, that's Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Punxsutawney. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> I, I noticed uh, Phil changed his his shirt, but obviously not his demeanor. But um, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, this is like a collarless shirt. It just kind of goes up into that button. Yeah. A... I wasn't going to say anything about it, but <laughs> since you brought it up, what yeah, what is going I on? I had it in my notes <laughs> about his shirt, too. I think they just have a 90s thing going on i mean like um rita's vest i mm-hmm. so i graduated in 95 i had a vest in my senior pictures you know it was just like that <laughs> and i remember the collarless shirts kind of being a thing for a while and guys you know mid 90s having those kinds of shirts it's i actually feel like larry even though he makes fun of larry's clothes that larry is dressed the most normal, I guess, or, you know, yeah. the, even, I mean, when you look yeah. at it today, yes. I don't know, it looks, you see guys wearing sweaters with collared shirts underneath them all the time. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. That outfit still fits yeah. today. Yeah. Larry's outfit. Yeah. 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 I mean, the no collar thing, it just, it looks it like does. pajamas. Yes! It does. It does. Those stripes look like, but, it, oh, God. I wonder, like, in, in, I mean, we did. We do see him wake up. We did see him. We will see him wake up at Groundhog Morning. So we, I, I think we know that this is not his pajamas. But I almost think like, does he just? He's like, listen, I'm I'm stuck in this town. I hated coming here, so I'm definitely not going to like being stuck here. I'm going to hit the bar. I'm and I'm on the company tab. This is work. I'm putting this all on the expense report. I'm going to hit the bar. I'm going to drink it dry, <laughs> and I don't want to have to worry about changing for bed later. That he's thinking for for once in this movie, Phil is thinking ahead, going, you know what? If I just put my pajamas on and then I put a pair of slacks and a coat and a jacket over it, I can go down to the bar, get get wasted to the bejesus, just run up the tab on the company dime, go up to my room, and I'm already dressed for right, this. Is my t- this is my take? <laughs> well, no, no, because he no, he doesn't go upstairs because he doesn't live here. He goes to the B and B. Oh, that's right, he can't so even go upstairs. He, he's still gonna walk the four blocks back to the B and B. <laughs> but my my theory is he he only packed two outfits. He packed the same coat. He has the same suit jacket on. So he has he has one from this morning with a tie, and he has this one without. And this is I'm going to consider his dinner formal shirt. And he's not going to dinner. Clearly, we're going to find out in a moment. But in my opinion, I think what he's doing is he's he's like all right. He changed his outfit sometime in the afternoon. I'm sure they. they Spent the, like uh, probably another hour, probably just getting back into town with the traffic and the storm. So he's, he had to mm-hmm. deal with his coworkers for a while. So he gets in, he goes back to the B and B, he changes, and he's like, "You know what? The one thing I want to do, I'm gonna look for a woman at the hotel because that's how he started this morning." He says, "I slept alone." 
So maybe he's like, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll go, I'll dress up nice enough to go to the hotel, see if I can find a local that I can, you know, I can take back to the B and B, and then like, and make a decent, you know, you know, decent night out of it, and then in the morning I could just leave. I think that's that's my mind. Do you think he's eaten all day? Because like we were gonna make we're gonna have that joke later this minute, <laughs> but like in all seriousness, like he didn't seem interested in eating, but like you know, either he's drinking on an empty stomach with a headache, so it's like. I don't know. Is there enough booze in his glass? Did the bartender actually fill it, or is he just being salty because there's nobody at the bar worth talking up? He's just a jerk. <laughs> or, or yeah, or C, he's a jerk. He just, like, all of his jerkiness comes out in this minute, it seems like. You know, it really shows just, yeah, how full of himself he is. <laughs> I do think... To the question of, of has he eaten today, I do think they had lunch because they don't show it today, but they do. I believe they'll show it tomorrow or the, the next iteration of Groundhog Day. And they certainly they have scenes in of that course. diner. So I kind of think that that was part of their day today that, yeah, they get they, when they finally get back. Although with the snow, maybe they just kind of missed lunch entirely and went to dinner. Yeah, maybe he's drinking. That's that's what I was thinking. Is I mean, it, depending on how how bad the storm and the traffic was getting back into town, they could have just stopped at the diner and got something to eat, and then went their separate ways till dinner. Um, or yeah, or he's just like you know when let's say like they, let's say they left, you know they left the town around maybe around like yeah nine o'clock. They you know they get stuck in traffic, so like maybe they get back. Worst case, they get back to like one of traffic and and storm. So it's like it's still do lunch, although. Yeah, so we know the the groundhog pronouncements at seven twenty, and Phil is not sticking around for take two. Like he's one take and gone and yeah. ready to go. Although on the return, they will have to take care of arrangements because they would have checked out at the B and B and the hotel and yeah. everything, thinking they were only going to be there for one night. So they leave. They could leave around nine. Then they have. Then they get on the road. Maybe around ten o'clock is when they hit that that truck. You know, depending on the storm, yeah. turn around to get back at 11, 1130. They eat and then they have to go back to their hotels and say, sorry, actually, we're going to be staying another night. <laughs> it's a recheck into the B&B and the hotel. Which is just another check on <laughs> Phil's yes. ego. Like he, he yeah, because the whole much, if not all of his <laughs> attitude is predicated on. I'm not seeing you people for another year. I can be as rude and as yeah. much of a jerk as I want because so long, suckers, I'm heading off to Pittsburgh. <laughs> and then he's got to turn around and come back and be like, yeah, can I <laughs> can I have that room again? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, maybe does he send Rita? He's like, you're the producer. You handle the accommodations. <laughs> yeah. So he doesn't have to face Mrs. Lancaster again. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so when, yeah, when Rita, when Rita walks in I, and he does, he, he does it, oh, I like it here. And he does it like hand, you know, he's pinched to the bridge of his nose. And then when he sees her, I, he's got this like weird, like shock thing. And I don't know if he's shocked at like how nineties her vest is, <laughs> or it's just like, he got, he got like head whiplash because he's still got like, that, like, like <laughs> his like brain fluid is still like knocked from that shovel. He's like, oh, I spun my head too fast. Like, and also I'm drinking on an empty stomach probably. <laughs> Yeah, and I never, we we never get a, to my level of satisfaction anyway, 
an explanation of the hostility towards Larry. <laughs> he doesn't like the way Larry eats. He doesn't like the way Larry dresses. He just doesn't like Larry. And it's like, and and like you said, Tabitha, like he's just. I mean, he's not he's not dressed up for a wedding. He's not right. you know it's not a formal affair. Like if it was everyone else was in tuxes and Larry showed up wearing that, like yes, okay, you kind of stand out. But this is just kind of folks hanging out at a hotel bar. I mean, it's drab. He's like it's a like an olive green shirt covered by an like olive green gray sweater. Yeah, I mean, it's but not it doesn't colorful. look like a Girl Scouts uniform. It's so inoffensive. I don't even know where that insult would come <laughs> put come into play. Yeah. <laughs> and Boy Scouts, we we sell popcorn. We don't do right. Girl Scout cookies. So it's it is it Phil's whole metaphor is messed up. Yeah. Yeah. Which okay, Girl Scout cookies, <laughs> yeah, I love them. Like is that it's another thing. Like they throw on in and Maybe it's just the passage of time. Things were different in the 90s. They throw around insults that I'm like, <laughs> is that really an yeah. insult? Like, so, oh, Larry can hook you up with some tagalongs and some thin mints. That's I, true. That's, I don't see where that's a bad thing. Uh, so I want yeah. you to go back to his Larry's entrance. This is what I was laughing about. <laughs> go back to his entrance. Just watch Larry and the woman in blue. Just watch oh, this yeah. little, like, three or four second little, like, like mini story. Leans in, he gives her a quick look, and then he just leans onto the bar into her personal <laughs> space, to which he's like, the hell? And then he can tell she makes eyes with like somebody at the bar, like, wow, get a load of this jerk. Well, and he's moving the whole time he's standing there, too. He's just like shaking and moving the whole time. It's got to be so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah. And, and yeah, and, and, and so, um, you know, he doesn't want to have this conversation with Phil about dinner. I, I I guess my 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 note here I had was that Rita's out of courtesy having this you know would you like to come to dinner line and maybe because I said we we still have to remember this is the same this is the same evening that yeah Phil gave a one and done groundhog report so maybe she's gonna have like at dinner she's gonna like try and wrestle a apology out of Phil or like kind of get him back in line like we need to. You know, for next for whatever the next time may be, whenever we go out on the road, we can't. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in charge, and if I say we need another cut, we need another cut, or something like that. I think she's just but, a nice uh, person. I mean, she's a nice person, and he's part of their group, so she just wants to at least extend an invitation, and she's just doing her nice I, thing. That's true. Um, yeah, earlier in the movie, she once again when they when she got dropped off at the hotel before he went to the bed and breakfast. She does the same thing. We're going to have dinner here. Do you want to come? Uh, and he says, no, nah, I've seen Larry E. He does the funny, you know, Oh, fist in his mouth oh, line. Yeah. So really Larry and her probably already had a nice yeah. evening of dinner the previous night. So maybe they spent the whole night just talking smack on Phil. I don't know, <laughs> but I see, I, you know, his little look when she sits down next to him, you know, like that Dave mentioned his little surprised look, uh, uh, just this whole thing with Larry. I, I think part of his frustration is that he's so critical about all this stuff, but especially when we see him in Pennsylvania here, that he has a tar- hard time affecting the world around him. Like his negativity just isn't going anywhere. And like she's not she's not having mm-hmm. it. She's not affected by it. Larry's kind of affected by it, but he still kind of laughs it off and gives it back. And well, I mean, he gives it back in very lesser non-funny ways. Like, you know, I, I know you are, but what am I kind of thing? But um, 
but yeah, I think I think Phil's frustrated because he he can't even like push people around. Yeah. 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 So he gets what he wants to be left alone pretty much. And right in the I was I was I was going over Ray as he's doing his long talk about what he's going to do if not eat dinner with them. I think it's somewhere around when he says go to bed, you could just see both of them. I mean, Larry's already checked out, but Rita pretty much checks out being like, Okay, well I I I did my piece. Like I did I gave him a second opportunity to have dinner with us. And yeah, before he even says hustle, really, she's already making the motion to Larry that like, let's just, let's just go. Let's just go. And, uh, and it says, she shoots herself. If you notice, notice Larry, he has that left mm-hmm. arm. You yeah. see that left arm showing? Yeah. I, I, I see just, the left arm. But yeah, so they're not, they're not hanging around. They don't like Phil's trying to be funny in his turning down their invitation, but it was like, they don't really care. They're, yeah. They don't care. They're like, <laughs> join us for dinner. Nope. Fine. Whatever. Yeah. We're not going to fight you. We're not going to argue with you. And then Larry's like, "Oh yeah, just I'll help you out here to uh, to." Read I didn't even the notice arm. the arm until you guys just pointed that out. Yeah, I'm just saying they might have had a nice Larry. Larry's <laughs> sneaky. sneaky Larry. You got to keep an eye on Larry. But at the same time, I mean, I'm just saying, same time they might have actually had a nice dinner the previous night, and so they want to have a nice dinner tonight again. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so they've had some bonding time. That Phil was not in on. Yeah. I mean, because like you said, like Larry could be talking about his time with the Swallows and what was it? San Diego. Capistrano. Capistrano. Yeah. yeah San Juan, she's telling Capistrano. her stories and they're talking about how like, oh, Phil can't get, you know, he can't, uh, he can't enjoy anything. So it's Phil's loss. He doesn't want to have a nice Now, dinner. do you think that, uh, you know, is she, is she, I don't, she seems strong enough. I don't think she's threatened by Larry, but do you think she's extending a, another invitation to Phil for dinner, just hoping that someone else will come along, that she doesn't have to deal with Larry the whole night? <laughs> I, I don't want to give that much of a negativity to Larry. This movie gives Larry negativity. I I want to see more evidence. <laughs> I sit back in my chair, in my chair and say, Larry's a half-decent blue-collar working guy. Prove me wrong. Like, that's me. I'm like, no, come on. Like, the, I mean, fine. He's he's no. Uh, I'm not saying he's worth any money in the office. It's not. It's, that's beyond that. But but just for like a, 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 just being an average guy, like he has not said anything of creep that Phil has in this movie. Well, true. That's true. Right. Well, also, I think it's it's natural. She's she's the new producer. This is the first story that she's worked on with Phil. You wanna? She's trying to network, get to know him. Maybe there's something she did that kind of turned him off while, you know, reason they got such a flat performance from Phil this morning. That's not just that yeah. that Phil's a jerk. It's just, you know, it's part of her job. She's trying to manage. She's trying to get to know him. And, you know, there are three people. They're stuck in this town. They only know each other. True. They don't know anyone else in town except for, I mean, well, Phil knows Ned, but they don't. I don't think they know that. <laughs> yeah. He wouldn't have mentioned that to them. Oh man, yeah. Phil's probably like think back of his head thinking like, "Oh God, what if Ned's having dinner here?" Like he's probably another reason he's going to go to dinner. He's like, "No, because I can't be sure if Ned's not having dinner right now here. I don't want to go into the dining dining hall." <laughs> I didn't even. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. He's probably. Yeah, uh, that's that's another reason to make a beeline for the room and <laughs> and stay alone. So then, like the last ten seconds or so of the minute, we get Phil attempting to take a shower um although oh just back up one little bit of trivia about um 
this bar scene before we before we move on. And I think someone we mentioned in a previous episode that so the building we see them drive past as they enter town is the courthouse, and next to it is the jail. And someone mentioned that the jail is now a restaurant. Oh, it's a crepe, crepe, crepe bakery. Yeah, crepe restaurant. So this bar, this is the bar in for that restaurant. So they're actually in the jailhouse building right now oh, oh. Where, where this was filmed. Oh, so, okay, okay, hold on. So just so I'm clear here. So obviously, yeah, The uh, so the actual, there's no Pennsylvanian hotel that's actually the Woodstock, Illinois Opera House. So obviously they didn't film anything in there. Right. But what you're saying is it was a restaurant in the, the at this point, the jailhouse was a restaurant at this point, and they used that as their filming location for that. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. So yeah. At this, at, in 19, in 19, I think they filmed this in 1992. It came out in 93. So in 1992, the old Woodstock, Illinois jailhouse had been converted to a restaurant. And that's where they filmed this. Now, right in the movie, yeah, they're yes. in the hotel. Okay. They're in the Pennsylvania hotel. In real life, that hotel is really the opera house and the jailhouse is a restaurant. Okay. I mean, that's kind of cool that they were able to, it sounded like they kind of used all parts of the Buffalo, like everything in town got used as something you know they didn't have to build any like unnecessary sets probably other than the 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 the, uh the bedroom i guess yeah yeah so so far from what we've seen i think like the the early bit the the newsroom stuff that was a set that wasn't like a real newsroom uh the stuff like you said david the stuff inside the b&b that was a set just because it to film in someone's house, you got to set the yeah. cameras and lights and everything. It's it's difficult to fit that in a real room. So that's a set. But yeah, so certainly the exterior stuff is real exteriors of Woodstock, Illinois. And then in this case, yeah, this is the actual bar in that restaurant cool. in in Woodstock. So it's probably a stop on the tour. Interesting. If you uh, no, get, get a crate there sometime. Yeah. Now in the in the background of here, we see I hope a couple so. streamers, some, a green and orange streamer. With it looks like a little groundhog thing behind there. Um, mm-hmm. That kind of made me think, like you know, Christmas we know is red and blue. Ho- uh, Halloween is orange and black. Is green and orange like the Groundhog Day colors? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Like this is the first time I've seen. I'm trying to think. I've seen streamers in this movie, and I want to keep an eye out for that because yeah, I don't. I don't remember Gobblers not having streamers. We had a lot of signs, a lot of banners. But there weren't, they weren't color-coordinated. They were just miscellaneous signs that said, Welcome to Gobbler's Knob. We love you, Phil. You know, tell us, you know, spring, Phil. But, uh, yeah, that's a that's a good question. i never seen any color streamers. Yeah, I think that's maybe something to keep an eye on to see if, if, there, if a color theme arises. But so far, <laughs> as far as I know, no. Maybe the, no, uh, the bar owner is just like, well, we got to put something up. So let's combine... Christmas and Halloween will have the green yeah. and green and orange. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we maybe we can start it. We can we can kind of get the ball rolling well, at the official colors I'll, of Groundhog. You're going to have some competition cuz I did look into it a little bit and we don't see it too much in this minute, but the next 3 minutes of this week like we really see it. So if we go to the Benjamin Moore uh paint website, hmm. they actually have a Groundhog Day color that's uh, the color number is one one six six, and it's kind of actually like a pinkish salmon color, which really fits in with the whole B and B. Interesting. 
And I don't know if that's why they chose it, if it has anything to do with this movie or if they just, if there's, I, I'd love to know where they came up with that color. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> you just blew my mind. I don't want to like, I would have like, I would have put that <laughs> up on the, on the Facebook. Jeez. Yeah. So there is a Benjamin yeah, one, Moore one, six, six. What, Groundhog what, what, Day color. 1166. Yeah. Yeah. It goes with it goes with Spanish brown and Hearthstone brown or baby seal black and Taos taupe. Those are the the, the complementary colors that you want to use to All accent right. your groundhog day wall. Very nice. I, I do love uh, I did click around a little bit on like some of the nearby colors to groundhog day and and uh, yeah, there's some of them just like Groundhog Day, like they mm-hmm. don't really give you a clue. You know, if you just hear the name of them, you don't know what color that is. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's not it's not the color of a groundhog. Unless groundhogs are generally you shave a groundhog, a darker. Maybe <laughs> might be close to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's naked groundhog. It's like not the fur, but the groundhog skin. <laughs> yeah. Before we also before we leave the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Phil jokes about eating a groundhog and have you guys ever eaten a groundhog or woodchuck or know anybody that has has eaten a groundhog before? I don't I I I don't yeah, I don't think ever since uh, the fur trading days has anyone actually eaten such a creature. And that's the thing is that, like, if Phil actually did eat lunch, he probably did eat it with them because he had Rita put it on, like, the, the company check or something. Yeah. They they watched him eat probably, like, a roast beef or a BLT. And so he's doing that joke, and they're like, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't track. We were there. Who is this joke for? I watched you eat a BLT, you idiot. That's funny. Well, also, just know, like, know the crowd. Like, like, read the room. Like, you know, this is this is a town, Punxsutawney, that has kind of maybe not owes their existence, yeah. but owes their fame, owes any <laughs> any tourist traffic they get, they owe to this groundhog. It's like groundhog in this town has got to be like a cow yeah. in India. Yeah, like yeah. it's got to be sacred. Like, like you're a brave man to make a joke about eating a groundhog and, and not. I am I am a canivore. I eat meat. I have not eaten a groundhog. If I was at a restaurant and I saw groundhog on the recipe or on the menu, I would I would give it a try just for curiosity's sake. I have eaten some unusual animals. I was at a restaurant in um oh, in Pennsylvania actually that had kangaroo stew on the menu and I ordered it just because I'm like, "Hey, I've never seen kangaroo on a menu before, so I gave it a try." So I would eat a groundhog. I'm just saying in this place at this time, did the kangaroo stew you know, taste like a chicken? Sac- <laughs> yeah, it yeah. had some kick. <laughs> did it? Yeah. Um, I'm like a Batman. No, no. It, the, I, it <laughs> a little kick. <laughs> no, but it it was good. It was good. It was um, okay. It was kind of like venison. It was kind of like a venison stew. Gamey. Um, it was a little. Um, I don't know what. Yeah, I will. It was a little tougher than beef. I don't know if tougher, like tougher. I think when you when you talk about meat being tough, usually it's a negative connotation. I don't mean it in a bad way. It just had a different texture, but it was good. I would have it again. Um, so yeah, I, I have not eaten groundhog 
if someone offered me some groundhog, yeah, I, I would, I would, I would try it. The, the problem is there's not much meat yeah. there. I mean, it's bigger than a squirrel, and that, but it's smaller. Than is, like for it to actually be served, you have to assume it like you know the chicken, the beef, the wherever wherever you got that food at that it was either caught or it was raised in the with with the intention of being eaten. So it's like who would raise groundhogs in the sense that keep them clean and make sure they eat right and don't get sick so they would be then yeah uh, uh sold to some butcher for a, like no one's going to do that for a groundhog same thing no one's going to do it for a squirrel well, like you're never going to see I, I wonder if maybe these these uh these towners these villagers these you know whatever that they maybe they take the day more seriously than the animal and so when whenever the groundhog declares that there is going to be more winter they're like all right eat them up <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so, <laughs> like yeah Phil is exempt oh, okay. he, like, he's like pardoned right. he's the groundhog that's pardoned and then we just we go to town right, it's just like Thanksgiving with the turkeys you know the, the president president pardons oh, one turkey but the rest of them go oh so you think you think they're like well <laughs> we only need right. you know one day a year we need one groundhog and then after February second, or even the <laughs> yeah. the afternoon of, of February second, like yeah. they're all right. Your job's done. We don't Otherwise, need you for another year. Otherwise, they'd have to it all year long, and it's just a whole process. <laughs> so they might as well, oh, yeah, God. turn it into a stew. <laughs> There's no way the tourists know about this. There's no way. This is this is some like deep cult small town. Well, secret. actually, you know. What? So I looked it up, and right, like it was a time like a Time magazine article I found online because when I was looking up uh, if you can eat a groundhog and what it actually tastes like, and um, it said that back in the 1880s, um, groundhog was the cuisine of choice at the Punxsutawney Elks Lodge, and. From that spun the Groundhog Club, and mm-hmm. they used to host um, the annual groundhog ceremony and picnic, and they would eat groundhog at that time. And then um, gradually over time, it became more, like you said, the sacred cow to where it was more celebrated than eaten, and they they don't eat it any longer. But um, but oh, they used to. Gosh. It used to be a part of of what they ate. And then when I was looking to see what it tastes like, um, one person said squirrel or rabbit, which I haven't eaten either of those. And another one said a cross between pork and chicken. Mm -hmm. And you want to eat a young groundhog because old ones taste gross. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I got. (laughs) Okay. That makes sense. Cause it wouldn't, yeah, because it wouldn't right. taste like chicken because right. it's yeah. not. I think people just like to say stuff tastes like chicken because they don't know <laughs> what to compare things to. Yeah, so they don't know what it tastes like. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, on that happy note, I vote that let's. <laughs> as much as I want to cleanse, <laughs> cleanse us of this discussion of murdering this poor innocent woodland creature who's just trying to predict the weather. Are you saying we need a cold shower to, to wipe, to, to clean us of this? <laughs> yeah. I'd say, I, I, before we talk about the shower, I need a shower. Um, so let's hold off. The, the, the okay. shower scene kind of bridges the days. Let's let's talk about that tomorrow. And, and if there's nothing else about the bar, um, right. how about we wrap it up for today? Sounds good. Sounds good. Yep. with that all right well so so thanks a lot listeners for uh, <laughs> for hanging in with us thank you uh tabitha and jonathan for for joining us and again if well not again 
for the first time. So if folks want to hear more of your uh, your recipes and, and culinary advice, where can they find you? Well, uh, while we're still working on UHF 62nd, you can go back and listen to The Princess Bride Minute at thepriencessbrideminute.com. All right. Excellent. That's for, so that is yeah, it no, for that, us. Yeah, that's it for us. Thank, uh, you know, thank you for listening. And we'll see you tomorrow. You know, if there is one. Squeeze, piggy, piggy, squeeze. That's because they also call groundhogs whistle pig. So there's like a pig. Yes. I saw that in with the recipes when I was looking. <laughs> I called it a whistle pig. Let them say your hair's too long. I don't care with you, I can't be wrong.